This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for tuning in. For the next two weeks, we are going to be focusing on the National Party conventions. Republicans this week in Cleveland, Democrats next week in Philadelphia. Uh, Of course, this week, Republicans are getting ready to confirm that Donald Trump will represent the party uh, for president in November. It's also going to adopt a party platform that's going to shape the party's focus around the country. This could have especially big implications here in Michigan and other states in our region uh, where the GOP controls every aspect of state government. It looks really unlikely that there's going to be much conflict on the convention floor this week with never Trump folks significantly outnumbered. So what should we expect to see and what might happen outside the convention in Cleveland? A little later in the show, we are going to talk about what this convention, what the events of the last six to eight to ten months mean for the Republican Party. We'll talk with historian Mark Crewman about where the Republican Party stands at this point. And we're going to want to hear from you about that. Uh, 313-577-1019. What do you think uh, the dynamic is, the, 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 the overweening dynamic is of the, of the Republican Party now that Donald Trump seems to be the uh, foregone the conclusion uh, nominee on the, on the ballot in November? Is it a party that's coming apart uh, at the seams? And are we seeing a transformation of Republicans? Or is it a party that's going to hold through this and stick together? come out the other side much the way it went in. Uh, 313-577-1019 is the number uh, to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but but up first, I want to talk with Rebecca Cinderbrand. She's a political editor at The Washington Post. She is in Cleveland. Uh, Rebecca, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, so I, I having been at several political conventions, uh, but not being there uh, this year, uh, I'm watching on television the sort of uh, the sort of mood or trying to get from television the kind of mood of delegates uh, and, and the other folks who, who attend. I want to say from sort of a distance that things seem somewhat subdued compared to uh, what I'm used to from, from previous years where people are really excited to be there and really excited to sort of get behind the, 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 the central message and the candidate. Uh, but but I want to I ask you about that because you are there. You're seeing it much closer. Is that, is that, a, is that an accurate read? Right. Well, of course, this is the first day of the official convention, and I think it's fair to say that the mood is a bit subdued. There are a number of reasons for that. Of course, there have been um, quite a few um, incidents in the news of, of violence, very stunning violence, that have really kind of taken a little bit of the air out of the, the celebratory nature of these sorts of proceedings, just generally speaking. Um, but, of course, there is what is going to happen on the floor of the arena. You have a lot of people who are coming here getting ready to cast their votes, their delegate votes for someone who they do not support for president. And of course, you know, that happens sometimes. This time around, it's, of course, very pronounced. And you have people who have said all along that they will never support Trump. They're going to be pulling out all the stops and and taking every available tool, parliamentary tool at their disposal. They've essentially run out of time. 
Yeah. Uh, talk about what, what that means uh, in terms of where we stand with what's going to happen at the convention. Uh, Dump Trump uh, failed to change the rules last week that would have, that would have allowed delegates to, to be more free in the way they choose uh, who they vote for. Is, is that the end of that uh, in, in absolute terms, or are there other opportunities that they might still have to try to cast things in a different direction? I mean, you know, essentially what they're left with now are, are basically kind of symbolic gestures. And it's interesting to note, of course, that some of the people on the rules committee who um, basically short-circuited the possibility of, of actually stopping Trump from um, claiming the nomination, um, those are people, some of them have said that they are, have not necessarily decided if they themselves are supporting Trump. They just wanted thought that to preserve the process was important at this point, not to kind of unleash any more chaos than there may already be. Um, there are some symbolic gestures that they can make, particularly today, you know, when the roll call begins, there are, there are people who may kind of make gestures on the floor, try to bring up procedures, but these are not things that can stop Donald Trump from, from claiming the nomination. There are also methods that they could pursue that would require an extraordinary amount of coordination that might delay it slightly, but we have yet to see that level of coordination um, from this particular movement. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Rebecca Cinderbrand. She's a political editor at the Washington Post. She is in Cleveland for the Republican National Convention. We're talking about what is likely to happen over the next few days as Republicans choose their nominee officially for the November presidential contest. If you uh, want to join the conversation, of course, give us a call at 313-577-1019. It's 313-577-1019. Uh, Rebecca, the, the schedule for today, the schedule of speakers for today has been described as uh, low wattage by the New York Times. It, it certainly is not the kind of lineup you would typically see on the first night uh, at, a, at a major party convention. Uh, that's absolutely right. Um, you know, the, the highlight for tonight, I think, for a lot of people is going to be hearing from Melania Trump, Donald Trump's wife. She's someone who we have not heard much from this year. She has not been a major figure on the campaign trail. She's appeared at some debate and election nights, but we haven't seen her out something for her husband the same way we saw, for instance, Heidi Cruz or, or, or some of the other um, spouses, certainly, of course, on the other side, Bill Clinton. Um, so, you know, that's the, probably the highlight of this evening. But yes, you know, there aren't a lot of um, there aren't a lot of high water speakers, yeah. um, and that's been, a, you know, people have gone back and forth, and a lot of Republicans are trying to kind of push the idea that that's fine. These are people who are going to explain Donald Trump. But the the point is not that they're celebrities or high profile figures, but they're people who can um, talk about the Donald Trump they know. But of course. This is also supposed to showcase the Republican Party. There yeah. are plenty of other people on the ballot that fall beyond Donald Trump. And the fact that you don't have former presidents or presidential nominees um, addressing the convention is something that's very noticeable. Yeah. Uh, talk about what the Trump campaign itself thinks it has to achieve this week. I mean, it, it seems to me that it's a very different task than you typically have for the person who's won the nomination through the primary process. I mean, he's still trying to firm up support inside the party as much as he is trying to sell the message 
message uh, to, to, to viewers at home. We haven't seen that. I mean, that used to be the way conventions worked when you had floor fights and, and debates about who who was going to be the nominee. Uh, we haven't seen that in a really long time. Uh, talk about what the campaign sees as as sort of markers of success or victory they can sort of uh, check off this week as they go on. Well, you're absolutely right. Party unity is a secondary item on the agenda, is one of the items on the agenda. I would say a big item on the agenda, which is not typically something um, that you see being quite so high on the list for um, presumptive nominees, is kind of showcasing kind of a baseline level of for want of a better word, competence in organizing an event of this magnitude. Um, they are the ones who kind of put together the speakers list and the messaging and, and so on. Um, you know, we saw with the rollout of the vice presidential nomination, um, it, it's hard to see in any way that that could have gone uh, worse for them. It yeah. did not go well at all. And so there are a lot of people in the party who had hopes that by this point um, they would have found their footing when it comes to logistics along those lines. This is going to be a very big test case and perhaps the, the most high-profile event that they're going to have um, for quite some time. And so all eyes are going to be on how they handle this event. Yeah. Uh, talk about the atmosphere outside uh, the convention. I mean, I know th- from past conventions, there's always lots of folks who show up to to demonstrate uh, either in favor of what's going on inside or against it. Uh, the anticipation this year, because of uh, the sort of lightning uh, na- nature of of Donald Trump, I suppose, lightning rod nature of Donald Trump, uh, inspired lots of uh, lots of help to be brought in from outside, including officers from here in Michigan who are down helping out uh, with with crowd control. Give us a sense of what's sort of taking shape outside the convention center uh, this week. Well, one of the big news, of course, is that in light of the recent incidents, both here and overseas, that security measures have really been stepped up. Um, And you had, of course, even at the last minute, um, law enforcement officials here asking the governor to even suspend open carry laws, um, making the case that right now the situation is tense and they want to take the highest level of precautions. That's something that's not necessarily going to happen um, within the convention center itself, of course. At this point, firearms are prohibited. So that's not going to happen, but just kind of in the larger area. Um, But there are very strict security measures in place. And so to some extent, that may have an impact on um, the protests. Um, there are a lot of people who are concerned, people who might otherwise want to show up on protests, who kind of, given the nature of the atmosphere this summer, um, we've heard from some people that the, the, they expect the level of attendance for the events that they're organizing yeah. to be lower than expected. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, I have to ask about the, the parties. Uh, <laughs> that's always a huge <laughs> part of uh, of conventions. Uh, it's the part that I will, I think, miss the most, not being there uh, this year. Uh, this year, that's that looks a little different, too, because... Uh, the parties, of course, are sponsored often by by uh, corporations and other folks who are showing up at the convention. You've got a lot of folks who've pulled out, who've said, uh, we don't really want to be part of this. Uh, so is the festive mood dampened somewhat uh, after the convention's over? Well, I mean, you know, you're absolutely right. This year, it's not quite the level of um, festivities that people had expected in the past. And beyond having companies that are sponsoring um, events, 
sponsoring the convention itself, there was a shortfall of cash. And, um, organizers kind of going at the last minute to major Republican Party donors and saying, look, we're falling well short of where we expected to be to fund the event itself. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, a lot, right now it's just, I'm not going to say it's bare bones because it's not, um, <laughs> but it's certainly kind of a different level. Um, both inside the arena and outside the arena than you might have otherwise expected given past conventions. Yeah. Okay, Rebecca Sinderbrand, the political editor at the Washington Post. Thanks very much for being with us this morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a good week. And we will check in with you next week from uh, from Philadelphia. So, Absolutely. Uh, we'll talk to you then. All right, up next, uh, we're going to talk about the history of the Republican Party and how it's coming into focus this year because of the Trump phenomenon. Is the Republican Party changing in a significant way? Uh, is it is it under threat of, of maybe going away? We're going to talk with Mark Krugman, American history professor at Wayne State University, next. Stay with us on Detroit Today.